You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. One of the things Enoch speaks to us about, and that is living righteously in an unrighteous world. And it is possible. It's a challenge. It's a challenge, but it is possible. He was a preacher of righteousness and one who walked with God in a very ungodly society. But the second one is a little more positive. (laughs) Boy, no question. Enoch, listen, he speaks to us not only of righteousness and living righteously in an unrighteous world, but he speaks to us of rapture. The Bible is amazing in that it can teach us so much even when the text seems to be saying so little. When it comes to the life of Enoch, many of us are left feeling as though we could have learned a little more. However, as Pastor Danny will teach you in his message today, Enoch's life was far more profound than we might be led to believe at first glance. In his study, you'll learn how the proper exegesis of Scripture can reveal countless treasures of doctrine, instruction, and examples of righteousness. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of The Living Word. You read about it in Genesis uh, chapter 6 verse 3. My spirit will not always contend with man for he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. 120 years. And those final 120 years, Noah building an ark and preaching. Judgment is coming, but you can be saved. (laughs) What's the point? The days of Enoch, the days of Noah, they were tough days to live. Wickedness abounded. There were godless giants in the land. And if you were going to live and walk with God and be a preacher and a person of righteousness, it was going to be tough. And that's one of the things Enoch speaks to us about, and that is living righteously in an unrighteous world. And it is possible. It's a challenge. It's a challenge, but it is possible. He was a preacher of righteousness and one who walked with God in a very ungodly society. But the second one is a little more positive. (laughs) Boy, no question, Enoch, listen, he speaks to us not only of righteousness and living righteously in an unrighteous world, but he speaks to us of rapture, rapture. It's a word we use for something that's going to happen, I hope soon. It's called the rapture of the church. The word is not in the Bible, but it's a word that means a snatching away. And that's what the words mean when you read about the rapture. For example, 1 Thessalonians, when Paul writes about the rapture and he says, the day is coming when we will not all sleep, but we'll be caught up with the Lord. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then those of us who are alive. Wow, that's cool. Some of us may, may have the privilege of experiencing the rapture of the church. Listen, we're living in a generation when you look at the signs of the second coming of Christ, we could indeed be the generation that experiences the translation, (laughs) the being caught up. Oh, Lord, come quickly. (laughs) Rapture. It's going to happen one day. And thank God, because God prophesied, just as he did in Noah's day and Enoch's day, judgment is coming, and those who choose not to repent will one day be damned, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be. And God sent the flood in Noah's day. He sends fire in the final end. But he says the same. There's hope. 
If you'll just repent, if you'll just turn to me. And Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians and he says, listen, after he talks about the snatching away and we'll be with the Lord forever, he says about times and dates, we don't need to write to you because you know the coming of the Lord. He'll come like a thief. And he talks about the wrath of God that'll come. But then he says, but God has not appointed us to suffer wrath. Can you say, praise the Lord? <laughs> praise the Lord. We'll be caught up. We won't experience the wrath of God. Enoch, the seventh from Adam. I said I'd come back to that. The seventh from Adam. Why did the Holy Spirit tell us that? Because seven speaks of completion or fulfillment. If you read the book of Revelation, it's seven, 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 seven everywhere. And I think Enoch, the seventh from Adam, translated even early on. The book of Genesis, God told us through the life and the translation of Enoch about the rapture of his church one day. But not just righteousness, not just rapture, but I got to say this one because it's in the text. Responsibility. And a particular type of responsibility and a particular motivation if you read again carefully Genesis chapter 5, verse 21, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. Methuselah, oldest uh, person we know of, he lived 969 years. Enoch was his, was his dad. Enoch was 65 years old. He, gives, he has a child, Methuselah. It's his first child. And after he became the father of Methuselah, here's what the text says, Enoch walked with God 300 years. You have to conclude. You have to conclude. He wasn't walking with God for the first 65 years of his life. It was only after he had his first child. And that was a pivotal point in his life. And I'm not going to spend time on this one, but I think the Holy Spirit has something to say at this particular point. Listen. Mom, dad, I don't know if you had your first child. I don't know if you got a string of uh, children, but maybe the Lord's saying, and I know he's saying to some parent, some parents this morning, isn't it about time that you got serious and started walking with God? If not only for your own sake, for your child's sake. 65 years, then he had his first child, and at that point, he got serious about faith and about walking with God. And he walked with God after he had his first child for 300 years. You ain't going to walk that long, neither am I. Not here anyway. So he speaks to us of righteousness and living righteously in an unrighteous world. He speaks to us, thank God, of rapture. He speaks to us of responsibility, getting serious in life. And really getting right with God. But fourth, Enoch speaks to us about relationship. And specifically relationship with God. He walked with God. The Hebrew word for walking with God has the idea of an intimacy. Noah, Genesis 6, 9, also walked with God. Other men and women in the Bible, it says they walked with God. What an amazing thing. But he walked with God by faith, by faith, by faith. I've never seen Jesus Christ. I will see him one day, but I've never seen him up to this point. But I believe in him, and I know he's real, and I know he's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, all right? I've never seen God. I will see him one day. 
But right now I'm walking with God by faith, by faith, by faith. And what a privilege to be able to walk with God. Now, we could spend a lot more time on this, but um, I tried to... I tried to put it down in a way that the Holy Spirit helped me with, uh, in a way that we can really get it. What's required to be able to walk with God? That's the bottom line question here. What is required, biblically, uh, to be able to walk with God? First one's interesting, but think about it with me now. First of all, it starts with a realization that God is watching my every step. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I'm God Almighty, walk before me. And be blameless. You get to Genesis 24, uh, Abraham sends his servant to get a wife for his son Isaac. And he says to his servant, um, the Lord before whom I have walked will go ahead of you and give you success on your mission. And so there's this idea that I know as I'm walking in this world, God is watching my every step. And that's important. And that's really a starting point uh, to begin to walk with God. Uh, Ephesians 5.15, the King James Version says it this way. We're to, walk, we're to walk circumspectly. It means like you're walking in a circle. You realize eyes are watching you. Now, the second point here is very important with the first one because I hope everybody here and everybody that would ever hear this realizes God is watching Whether you believe in him or not, whether you know him or not, whether you're a Christian or not, God is watching, all right? But you know, some people don't care that God's watching. So the second one, if I'm going to walk with God, the second uh, requirement, very important, I have to have a desire to please God in my walk. Because if I don't have that, I could care less if God's watching. I'm going to walk how I want to walk. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Amos 3, verse 3, interesting uh, verse. Here's what it says. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? That's what it takes to walk with God. A realization he's watching me, I'm to walk before him, and then because I know he's watching my every step, I want to take steps that are pleasing to him. Okay? Here's the third requirement. I have to discover what pleases God. Where does he like to go? What does he like to hang out? What does he like to do? Discovering what pleases God. Now, let's talk about this for a minute. In discovering what pleases God, here's one of the things I've discovered, and it's clear in the Bible. God does not walk in darkness. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 5. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Psalm 89, 15. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, God, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. The book of Hebrews encourages its readers to discontinue their reliance on the law, the old way of living. Jesus came to fulfill not only the prophecies of a Savior, but also the law itself. He perfectly lived out every word of it, never wavering, and always showing love and kindness. Jesus then became the sacrificial lamb, the one who would die in your place, so you wouldn't need to face the punishment your sins deserve. His blood paid the price. All you need to do is accept it. Are you ready to take this step of faith? Jesus is ready and waiting for you to step away from your old life with loving arms wide open. If you're making a decision for your Savior today, please let us know. We want to pray for you and be available to answer any questions you might have. 
please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word with us. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Join our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for more from this study in the book of Hebrews right here on The Living Word. 